0: Hello, everybody out there in the world. My name is Mike O'Brien. I am in Boston, Massachusetts. Very excited to be here, hopefully, with all of you listening to us. And my friend Jeff Taylor is with us as well in Celebration,
1: Florida. How's things
0: down in Florida, Jeff?
1: They're going great, buddy. I'm glad to see you. They are going great. You look wonderful as always. I
0: feel like crap. I just did my my Boston Duck Tours pointing at buildings and the last tour was 2 hours something. I don't know what's going there's an accident somewhere. I don't know what happened, but it took for usually it's an hour and 20 minutes it took uh, 2 hours. And I was luckily the crowd was good. There were nice people. Sometimes when you're in situations like that they like are literally trying to jump off and want to yell at you like it's your fault, but well, can't
1: they get off anywhere they want?
0: It's tough. You're not supposed to. Why? But sometimes when it's really because sometimes we can't. There's no place to let them off. We're in the middle of traffic. We yeah, can't just, let them off.
1: Can't just get you,
0: off. No, it's not safe.
1: I can get out of a car in the middle of the road if it's yeah. It you can do whatever traffic. you want. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I have yeah. to
0: let the I have to let the thing down the yeah. ladder down so they can get down. But yeah. Right. But anyways, that's that's over with. Doctor is usually a wonderful experience, but rush hour once a month. Sometimes it's not. Um, but yes. So. Jeff, uh, I don't know what you you did this past week. Yesterday, I I went. To, it's been my weekly occurrence. I went to Fenway Park. I went to uh, Red Sox Yankees yesterday. Uh, it was fun. It, the Red Sox are still playing hard. They're not. They're hor- they're bad, but they're not horrible. There's teams way worse than them. But uh, a lot of Yankee fans were there, and I'm fine with Yankee fans. But it's all just like not real Yankee fans. Where you know it's just like older drunk. People that are just like, hey, hey, Red Sox. Suck. You're like, you don't even watch the games. You don't even know what you're talking about. I don't even watch the games, but it's like the people who still try to make the when it's not like no one cares. Nobody cares anymore. And you're still you're just like, listen, I'm just trying to drink ten dollar by lights and watch this game and watch Aaron Jones or Aaron Jones.
1: Aaron, Aaron Judge. Judge
0: hit, Aaron Judge hit bombs <clears throat> and watch the Red Sox bullpen just implode. You know, like that, that's all I want to do. Like, I'm not here to listen to you. I didn't move down to the rich people's seats to listen to you yell about debauchery or whatever. You don't even know what you're yelling about. You know, it's just like, shut up, just shut. I feel I'm officially like my dad once every like I'd say once a year, maybe every two years where we'd go to a movie and they're just the young hooligans in high school just being loud and being stupid. And my dad would be the guy who would stand up and just be like, well, you shut up. That's what I felt like doing at the Red Sox Yankees game last night with with two people who were sitting near us.
1: Yeah, I feel like you should, because if you're at uh, Fenway and you tell a Yankee fan to shut up, the likelihood of you being the underdog in a fight situation is low.
0: Well, I'm not looking to fight, but but I just want him to shut up. But also, I've been in it. I've been like last year when I was at the Christian Vasquez game with my friend Joel Minnick. He was nice enough to get us really nice rich people seats. We sat like five rows behind home plate and I was going nuts, but I was around all these rich people that were the only ones that weren't standing up in the entire It was like one of the greatest games I've ever been to. Christian Vasquez hits to walk off Homer to win the game and I'm right behind home plate. And I'm like yelling and getting, you know, yelling at the Astros players and or they're playing the Devil Rays. I'm sorry. Yelling at the Devil Rays players and just like going nuts but into the game, you know, not just like, oh, you suck. And all these guys are like, sit down. We didn't pay. I was like, no, stand up. Shut up. Like, this is a crazy game. Like if you want to just sit at home watch it, you know, if you want to just sit down, then just watch it. But I also wasn't knowing what I wasn't just like yelling. Stupidity.
1: Well, the reality of it is, is that there is a real juxtaposition between the attitudes of a person who can afford to buy those seats behind home plate and a person who is given those seats behind home plate. True. And the reality is that the people that can afford to pay for them have no more right to be there than the people who are given them. So as long as you're not, you know, crossing any line, you should be able no. to enjoy the game any way you want to in the seat that you are assigned to be in. Like if you if you uh, poor people to reach rich people that like you usually do, then those guys have a right to tell you to shut up. But if you're in your assigned seat, oh, it was my
0: assigned seat. Yeah, I had you an should usher come to do, up to me.
1: They tried to boot you.
0: I had the usher come up and he goes, I'm just checking your ticket. And I hope that you have, he even says he's like, I hope this is your seat. I'm like, it's my seat. He's like, perfect. Good. He goes, as long as you don't swear. He's like, whatever you do, don't swear. Cause if you swear, then I have to kick you out, but keep doing what you're doing. I was like, thank you, my friend. Like that guy was all into it. I was like, hell yeah, you're awesome. But I did get a pretty hammered by the end of that game last year. Anyways, mm-hmm. anyways, Jeff, how did your week go? What happened with you, my friend?
1: Well, my week's been pretty, uh, you know, I don't do anything too fantastic in my you're off old. time. Well, no, I I mean, I'll have great stories when I get into like my my fast-paced, fast-moving time of the year. But this time of the year, luckily, this is a comedy-slash-sports show, so uh, we can lean heavier on the sports than the comedy. But I will tell you this, I made a very large mistake last night. And that was uh, while I was my, my wife, one of the teachers at my wife's dance studio came over and I had to edit a song for him. And then after that, I sat down on the couch and I'm, I'm looking through the movies and I'm on, I think, Apple TV or HBO Max, one of the two. And I see a movie that uh, looks pretty good called Moonfall. Have you seen Moonfall?
0: I've no no I have not but it sounds like a James Bond movie. Uh
1: there was one that was similarly Skyfall I think was Sky the James Fall, Bond movie. Skyfall but then
0: there's Moonraker there's yeah. lots of
1: yeah. Yeah if it was, I wish it were a, a mix of James Bond movies that I could have enjoyed but I have a very high tolerance for low-brow entertainment. It you don't have to make an Oscar-winning film for me to enjoy it. This was the biggest steaming pile of shit I have watched in my anything I can remember. I may have seen a movie that was worse than that, but I can't remember it. I think it's the worst movie I've ever seen. Who star who starred in it? I don't know the people's names. The I don't I don't even think the big the only person I recognize is if you watch Game of Thrones the, uh, the, uh, Jon Snow's fat buddy that he meets in the, uh, in the nunnery.
0: I'm sorry. I'm not a nerd. I don't watch game of Thrones. Oh
1: yeah. It's real nerdy to watch a show about back in the day, British, uh, monarchs fighting each other with, uh, tons of tits and ass. I, what a nerdy thing to do.
0: Yeah, sounds gross. And I'm more highbrow. If I, I spoke Dothraki,
1: things. then you could call me a nerd, but I don't speak yeah. Dothraki.
0: <laughs> I don't even know but what that is, I'll but it tell, sounds nerdy. I'll tell
1: I'll tell you what, I enjoyed quite a quite a few scenes in the Game of Thrones, and it's a great story too, man. You should watch. I wish I were you. I wish I had never watched Game of Thrones, so I could watch it fresh right now.
0: I watched the last episode.
1: Oh, great. That's always the best way to do it. It's like reading the last, I watched page the last
0: of episode of their last and I watched the last episode of both. Yeah, yeah I know. It's pretty amazing. Um, speaking of nerds, last night at the Red Sox game, I was sitting next to these guys and they were fine. They're both baseball fans. They weren't there to just rip $10 Bud Lights like I was, but they had baseball gloves. They were in their mid 20s. Yeah. And I even said, I was like, are you the fall ball guy? Cause you know that guy that goes around and he always gets falls balls and like kids love him. And do you know who I'm talking about? Are you saying foul ball
1: or are you foul saying ball ball? Fall ball, foul ball. I don't know. I don't talk. Foul good. ball guy. Uh, I don't know that I do know about this.
0: But there's some guy that he always gets every game he goes to. He gets a a, a foul and, and he has a glove. So I was like, he kind of looked like the guy. And I was like, are you are you the foul ball guy? He goes, no, 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 no. And I want to be like, but I didn't follow it up. And even my lady friend kind of like was like kind of like, don't don't keep going about the gloves. Because like they're they were they were mid 20s, maybe late 20s and had baseball gloves. I mean, we were in the hot zone. We could have gotten a line drive. There was one that went off uh, aside the the overhang that if that hit someone would have killed someone. But I, I just I, I just such a nerd move to bring you go. Know, I never brought a glove, but also because I would probably leave it there. I know ne- even if I was a kid, I never brought a glove.
1: I brought a glove until I felt I was old enough to catch a foul ball with my bare hands. And that's the only manly way to catch a foul ball once you're past the age of 20.
0: Agreed. Also, I have a thing. If you caught a fall ball off a bat, would you give it to a kid?
1: <laughs> I don't know what a fall ball is, dude. How am I going to catch one? I'm
0: OK. I'm sorry, uh, Shakespeare, Copernicus. Whatever it's not a word are. that I've
1: ever heard misspoken. Fall ball. There you I go. I talk good. Shut up. <laughs> I talk yeah. real good. Yes, I would give it to a kid, especially if it were oh. a kid that were a relation to me. Like if it was this kid right bat. here, off the bat. if it was this kid right here, I would give it to her.
0: No, but- no, 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 no. That's not her ball. She you just grab. He just grabbed his five year old child. And no, no, because what I would say is, listen, I'm 41 years old. In your case, 97 years old. And you've never got. Have you ever gotten a ball off a of bat in the game before?
1: Yeah, you have. Yeah. When? Uh, That's I've gotten, story. I've gotten many, many, a Braves ball. I, uh, caught was that a, because
0: just you're in section, it was an empty stadium. Are you talking about spring training in Orlando? Or?
1: Oh no. If I counted those, I mean, I used to pick those up off the field and bring them home with me. No. Uh, and minor league balls too. Out Yeah. The yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I do. Wow, but, but that doesn't count. But, uh, but Bra- Braves from the old Braves stadium, uh, I caught quite a few foul balls It was, there weren't a ton of people in the stands though. This is like Dale Murphy, Bob Horner days when they weren't winning. Yeah. So it would go in the section and then you run and find it and grab it. Right. You mean off the bat, have I ever caught one like flush into my hand? No, I haven't. I've never done that. If I did that, no way. There's no way.
0: So I was at a Red Sox game once and Red Sox as, as people who listen to this, they're mostly Massachusetts people and people who know me, um, and if you're listening, please like I tell your friends, let's get more people. My friend in Taiwan there, Seth Robinson, let's get more people in Taiwan so we could be the number one sports show in Taiwan. That's a big goal of mine. But so I was at a game with my lady friend and some other friends and we're kind of sitting underneath the net at Fenway where the ball sometimes goes up and then falls down because it rolls that's up. That's a net. fall ball. Yeah, that's a yeah. fall ball. Yeah, that's a fall ball. That is a fall ball. That ball falls. I was just like, what are you talking about? It took me a yes. second because I'm not brave. But yes, that was very clever. Uh, fall ball. It is a foul ball. All right. So, so anyways, I was, I was, uh, there was a kid in front of me and we're talking foul balls. Yep. And I said how, if I caught this ball, I would never give it to a kid. And the kid turns. I was like, come on. I was like, no, man. I was like, Like I was like, I'm at the time like 37 or 38. I was like, I'm I'm, I'm 30, almost 40 years old. Never caught a ball my entire life. You think if I caught a ball off a bat with my bare hands that you deserve it? I was like, no, like you have your whole life to get a ball. And the dad was like, yeah. I was like, hell yeah. Like the dad was in it. The mom was laughing. And then like an inning later, the kid gets up and it was a Jimmy fun kid. He took his hat off. He was bald. He literally had like cords and all this stuff and I was just like oh my god like I just told this 10 year old that he has his whole life to catch a fall ball and I'm just like and all my friends just looked at me like Oh, that is the most Mike O'Brien moment of all time. Like yeah. you just like, I was just like, you got to could this happen. Yeah, I would give. And in that instance, if I caught the ball, I would have given that kid the ball.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I personally feel that uh, if I caught a ball, I'd hand it off to like if there if a kid asked me for the ball, like in your situation, no way you don't get the ball if you ask for it. But if I'm sitting in a section, I've noticed that there's a kid there with his pops he uh, he'll get a lot more out of, of having that baseball than me. Like I'll enjoy the moment of giving the ball more to the kid than I will having the ball for the rest of my life. So,
0: so I love going to baseball games more than life itself. And especially actually COVID was great because, Ooh, that's a dirty ball. You got some dirty balls there, Jeff. You're showing me on the, on the we don't, you can't see it obviously listening, but Jeff, we're on a video feed and he showed me a dirty ball.
1: Yeah, I can't read where this one's from, but I'm assuming it's from a spring training game, spring training game, possibly.
0: But so I would go to the covid games where there would be like 7000 people in there and I would sit right behind you. Basically, you know, you'd buy your seats. But as long as there wasn't a zip tie on the seat, you could really sit wherever you wanted, you know, as long as you weren't like next to people you didn't know or whatever. And uh and they would flip the ball. I would finally behind the bat boy. I was like, I never got a ball before. And he flipped the ball to me. And I, but he flipped the ball from the ball boy. I was just like, ah, but I still made a big deal about it. My roommate, Ted was with me. We took a picture. And as we were leaving, I was all, I was, you know, five walking out. And I saw this little girl bawling her eyes out. And I saw her brother who was a little bit older, just like smiling. And just me, my drunkenness. I see the girl cry crying and uh, I have the ball in my hand and I go to the dad I'm like what happened she goes oh she didn't get a fall ball and I just handed her the ball because it was from the ball boy and the joy on her face yeah was was very nice but and I felt like a hero I was a hero and I am a hero but I agree with you. Uh, if, if I caught that off of Xander Bogart's bat and I caught it with my bare hand and I might have dislocated a finger or something while doing it, I would have never given that ball to that little girl.
1: Never. Yeah. See, that's where you in and I differ. The, the mm. feeling of giving the child the ball is worth it. A million dollars Not in hundred years.
0: And I'm not going to go with that one. No, no. But disagree. Agree I wish we disagree. had more time
1: so I could get the more into. Square. I wish I could get into Moonfall a little bit more, but we're running out of time. Oh, I'm sorry. We could, we could talk about Moonfall too. I thought you said it was just a horrible movie. Yeah. But I wanted you to ask me about it so I could explain it to you and, and bring you into the world of horrible movies.
0: I said, why? I said, I said, who started it? You're like, I don't know. Well, why was it awful? Was it bad acting? Was it a bad story? It was, was bad it story.
1: It was, it was bad acting. Nah, you know what? Acti- I'll take that back. The acting wasn't terrible. It was bad story. It was hack. It has all, all been done before. It was uber predictable. Like every moment that was supposed to be big, I could say they ripped that off from this movie. I think the problem was it was from Tencent, which is China. I think the Chinese got too involved.
0: Oh, was it an American movie or was oh, it yeah. subtitles? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't what know was if it called been- now? I remember, was this on? Was this on Apple? Might have been. I, I saw something moonfall. I saw something on Apple. Halle Berry's in it. Is she? I think so. I'm go- using the Google machine. On I mean, it, right it wouldn't now. surprise
1: me if Stars mean- Halle
0: Berry, Patrick Wilson. Um. Yes. Yeah. It, it doesn't surprise
1: in- me that the, that the woman is, is Halle Berry. I just didn't <clears throat> recognize her. <clears throat> Interesting. I, th-
0: there was a movie I saw and it was on Apple and it was exactly what you said. It, the worst thing that was the acting I think So, was so plain like every time some like someone would enter the room you're like oh that guy's gonna get killed by a scorpion or something you know like you knew it right away the second everything that was happening but yes was I think the
1: apple at- was it was the smartest guy in the movie a guy that worked at a hamburger shop and called himself doctor and had a british accent i don't know i don't, don't it remember. wasn't
0: moonfall i don't remember it was a long time it was during covid so the yeah, it was during covid then it wasn't because moonfall said it came out in 2022 interesting um yeah bad movies are good though but you know there's the good bad movie where you want to keep watching like no holds barred starting hulk hogan and then there's over the top over the top great bad movies where you're like this movie's awesome but then there's just the bad movies where you're like how did
1: this they tried this point they tried too hard they tried they tried to if the with the thing with over the top is that they clearly weren't trying very hard do you know that that kid won an award for being the worst child actor <laughs> from over the top and it like destroyed his psyche
0: did it really i didn't yeah, know that that's, that's yeah, funny hilarious. <laughs> hilarious
1: that's really funny <laughs>
0: imagine just being like yeah being that i mean how old was the kid though in that i feel like 12. he had to be
1: about 12 yeah
0: yeah he had been 12 to 15 years old yeah, have you movie. seen
1: his other movies no exactly because he, was, he got voted he worst actor
0: if he came up to me and challenged me to an arm wrestling match right now, I wouldn't know who he was.
1: Well, I hate to break this to you, but it was uh, the dad that was good at wrestling arms, not the child.
0: Yeah, but I'm sure the child joined the family business and became an arm wrestler. You never know. Why is that in a sequel? happened They can see what if the hit a truck driver for a truck driver and getting involved in arm wrestling matches to win a truck to save his family. Is that is that happening?
1: I don't know. I mean, what would the sequel be? That uh, the IRS took away. The house from his family, and now he has to arm wrestle IRS agents until he gets to the boss level and beats the IRS agent. That's the biggest.
0: Jeff, it sounds like we're going to get out of the pad- podcasting game and get into the um, over the top him.
1: remake
0: uh, game here. And, and basically, what I'm saying is we're going to be billionaires because our
1: of our remake of over the top or yeah. or sequel in this case. Mm -hmm. would be better than moonfall
0: moonfall i bet you it would be and it would cost a tenth
1: of the amount of money they spent on that movie
0: as a 41 year old man who worked at a video store i don't like the netflix i don't like the apple i don't like the the scrolling through a movie like i love walking through uh, uh, a love look walking through a video store and like perusing the aisle wondering if this one has boobs or not, you know, like just, there's so much going into, you could spend a half an hour in a video store and then walk out and be like, I'm not even gonna get anything. Like I just, now with Netflix, you're just like, this is it. And Netflix is like, watch this, watch this, watch this. And you're like, fine, Netflix, fine. I'll watch it. (laughs) Like, God damn it. I I don't,
1: I don't get, I, the algorithm on Netflix does not get me. I'm perfectly capable of, deciding for myself whether I want to watch the top ten movie on the Netflix list or not.
0: But I I I do the same thing. But at the same time though, just sometimes they're just like, oh, you watched Moonfall, then you'll like this George Clooney trapped in space movie. You're like, I already saw it. And then you move by, they're like, hey George Clooney trapped in space. Remember that? I was like, yeah, I saw it in the movie theater, Sandra Bullock's and it. it's great. I already saw, it. I don't want to watch it again. And then they're like, Oh, but you watch, yeah, you watch the karate kid. So you'll love the George Clooney movie. It's like, what does it's George Clooney movie have to do with the karate kid? You know, but they're just like constantly like you're like, Fine. I watched George Clooney movie. Jesus. All right, so I guess uh, we'll just move on with the show after our, our Netflix uh, debate here. Um, we have a great show today. We have Dan Helley. Dan Helley's with the UFC. He used to be with the NFL Network. He He's the play-by-play guy for the Tennessee Titans during the preseason. He's like a Swiss Army knife. He's a little bit of everything here. We love Dan Helley. knew him down in Orlando. We also have my friend and amazing comedian from Kid. Doug Girton's going to come on to the news. We're going to discuss the day's events. Uh, we're really excited about this show. We hope you are too. Stick around and coming up next is Dan Helley. Welcome back to the Mike O'Brien show. We are joined by a good friend from our days in Orlando's. All our guests are. Uh, i learned a lot and uh, just loved hanging out with him back in the day at Orlando magic games. Uh, now he is on UFC. He's on, on, on NFL shows. He's doing play-by-play for the Tennessee Titans college football games. He's got an NFL week three game doing the play-by-play for, but you're on direct TV fantasy football focus. You got a lot of great things going on, Dan Helly, and it's good to have my friend Dan Helly on the
2: show and uh, how's things going in California? It's good, brother. It got a little hot here last week. It felt like uh Orlando in the middle of the summer. It doesn't normally do that in uh, Southern California, at least not on the coast. But um we we braved through the high nineties and now we're back to you know the normal 75 degree day. So we're we're surviving here, my friend. We're we're yeah. making it.
0: You're right on the beach. I had some friends who lived in Redondo and stuff. I was out in, in North Hollywood. I was living in North Hollywood for the winter, a couple, maybe now six years ago, doing my ha-has and whatnot. But yes, it's amazing how you think California is is, is hot as hell, but it's really just like, oh, it's just 75 and beautiful all day.
2: It seems like. Well, it's crazy, dude, because you watch the local news. And as, uh, as you know, I used to work at Channel 9 WFTV there in Orlando. So I was on the local news every night. And you know, in Orlando, you have the beach forecast for Cocoa and New Smyrna and Daytona. And then you would have the inland forecast out here. There's like five different forecasts. You have to have the valley. You have to have the coast. You have downtown L.A., Orange County, Riverside. It's uh, it's literally five different forecasts for all these poor meteorologists out and here. The temperatures are like
0: within 30 degrees of each other in each thing, basically. Right.
2: Well, it can be, you know, up in the valley, it can be a hundred degrees. And then down here on the coast, it'll be, it can be 75. Yeah. And you're talking talking 20 miles apart. That's pretty, that's nuts.
1: No matter what, Dan, I'm not going to start feeling bad for meteorologists, no matter how many different (laughs) temperatures they got to give out. I mean, you talk about a place where you could be below the Mendoza line and completely successful. The meteorologists are where it's at. And the funny thing too, is here in Florida, it rains there. You just get a nice Marine layer.
2: True, very true. Get the Santa Ana winds that come in a little bit, but you're right. What am I talking about? Weathermen always steal our time. This is crap. I, I'm not feeling bad for those suckers. <laughs> so I don't yeah, even start too. You have
0: years of of local news. You have Orlando. You're in Washington D.C. Where else? Where
2: else were you in local news? So I. I graduated from the University of Tennessee in 1997. God, that's forever ago. First job was in Alexandria, Minnesota. It's not even a television market. It was basically a little tiny satellite TV station for the Minneapolis market. And we were about two hours away from Minneapolis. We would get the Minneapolis newscast, and then we would do our own little five-minute segment. And they would call it a hyper local segment. And so we would get the Minneapolis newscast and then everybody in our area, all, you know, 15,000 people of them would get a little five minute mini newscast for Alexandria. And I was there about nine months. And then I went to the Florence Myrtle Beach, South Carolina market. And then, uh, and then West Palm beach. And I was each of those places about two and a half, three years. And then I came up to Orlando and then it was uh, off to DC. So
0: when you, when you ended up in Minnesota at, out of college, you, it's not like you have an agent or something. You're just basically throwing out. You're like, here's my senior thesis report of, I want to be a reporter. And they're like, done Dan Helly. Yeah. You look great. And let's do it. Is that basically what kind it is?
2: of. Yeah. So I got a job. I had an internship at the local ABC station in Knoxville. And the main sports anchor there was a guy named Jim Wogan. And he said, Dan, I don't know if you're interested, but we have a job that's going to come open for a cameraman, for a news photographer. And you're going to have to shoot all of your own shit wherever you go. Right. We called it a one man band. Yeah. Shoot it. You edit it. And then you front it in front of the camera. He said, this would be great practice for you. And by the way, you're going to get paid. So you're doing this internship free. You could get a job as a cameraman. And you can get paid and then you can work on what we called your resume tape. At the time, you would edit it all together and then you would dub it down to a VHS tape for those uh, old people out there. Remember VHS tapes? Oh, and then yeah. you would literally, they were super cheap, right? That You could buy a blank pack of VHS tapes for like 12 bucks and you would put your resume reel on there. So it would be, I don't know, five minutes worth of stuff, eight minutes worth of stuff and there was a website called tvjobs.com that I, I know that, that I joined and you would find out where all these little tiny podunk markets were that had job openings and you would just fire them out. And I think I sent 30 or 40 of them out and Alexandria, Minnesota, they were the first people to call maybe the only people that called. And so I did a phone interview and they knew what I looked like and sounded like, but I had no idea about Alexandria, Minnesota. i obviously knew where it was on a map, but I didn't know much more. And, um, I loaded up the U-Haul moved up there and took a job making $18,000. Nice buddy.
0: That's more than I was making in Orlando, Florida. One day I remember after a game, you're like, Hey, we're all going over to so-and-so's to play cards. And like Pat Garrity was there or something. And I was like, you think I can play poker with, with magic players and local? Like, I, I don't even make enough money to go to Taco Bell after the game. Like you guys would give me the, remember the, there used to be beer in the, in the, uh, in the press room or something. And you guys would sometimes you'd give me the 12 pack and like just Just take this like you, this is yours. And I'm like, thank you guys. I appreciate that. And then you're like, let's go play
2: cards. I was like, I don't have enough money to piss in like, let alone piss away. Mike, it wasn't like we were making that much money at the time either. And oh, by the way, uh, I'm a terrible poker player, so you could have won a lot of money for uh, me. Bro. Yeah,
1: that is true. That Man, is, I got that, that, is... that brings back some memories because I tell you what, uh, Pat Garrity underrated on cool factor of NBA players because I remember I remember going to a lot of places. I remember going to Dante Marcatelli's house, and Pat Garrity was always around. You could always run into Pat Garrity in Orlando when he was a Magic player.
2: I love Pat Garrity. He was awesome. I, I mean, he was great to cover because we were all still young and he was young and he was just, he treated you like a human being, you know? And then some of us got to know him a little bit better. I haven't spoken with Pat Garrity in years, but um, yeah, he was definitely one of the, one of the guys
1: for sure. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting, it's an interesting racket to even now
0: you're national national known guy. You're on, I mean, UFC, it's, it's funny that you say that UFC, when you're saying that, how I, I worked with you. I started in Boston at 1080 The Zone, and it was John Annick. And it was Ryan Russillo was the, was the afternoon show. I might've produced their show once or twice. They wouldn't remember me, but I mean, I remember them. And then all of a sudden I remember watching UFC. I'm like, what is John Anik doing next to Joe Rogan? You know, I was just like, how the hell did this happen? Like he was, he was on 1080 the zone where no one was listening to it. Now he's the play-by-play guy for UFC. Same thing with you. I saw you on UFC. I'm like, how did you get, how did you get to UFC and doing everything? You're like a
2: Swiss army knife. You got everything, Dan. Well, well, first of all, uh, you know, Anik is one of the best in the business. So Anik did the radio stuff and then he got hired by ESPN. And one of the really important things, according to all my friends who have been at ESPN, I've never worked for them. I'm on there now with the UFC, but I've never been directly employed by ESPN. You have to find a lane, right? You can't just be a run of the mill sports center anchor anymore. There's a handful of them, but you got to find a lane and annex lane. Was UFC. So he did the UFC shows for ESPN, was eventually hired as the number two play-by-play guy by the UFC and then elevated to the voice of the UFC. And uh he's fantastic. Ryan Rosillo lives two blocks from me here in Manhattan Beach. Oh no. And way. is doing his podcast from his house now, uh, where he can, you know, look out and see the Pacific Ocean. That's not a bad gig at all. Um as for me with the UFC. I was working full-time for NFL Network. I was there for for seven years. And I'd say about two years in, I just wanted to diversify the portfolio a little bit. i had never done play-by-play. I'd always just been a host and gone from local sports to hosting the NFL Network uh, nightly show called NFL Total Access. And I just you know, everything was going great, but I just wanted to do other things. I'd always wanted to try play by play, but I just had never done it. So, um, I actually went to, I called my agent. I said, I'd like to help me get into play by play. What do I need to do? So the first thing I did was, um, I got one of my producers from total access to go with me to a USC game. I think they were playing, it was an early season game, maybe Idaho. And, one of the researchers at NFL Network helped me make my my chart with all the players on it and some stats on it. And I, I got a couple of microphones and I plugged them into my phone and I went to the USC game and a friend of mine who was a USC alum got us two seats at the very top of the press box. It was outside and we called the SC game, my producer and I, and I remember we were sitting next to the sc student radio network and i mean i'm like thinking the whole time god these guys are pretty good i hope they don't recognize me from nfl network because mm-hmm. i'm I'm not very good at this these guys are really good so we practiced we did that a couple times i think we did two games and then uh my agent called somebody at spectrum sports net would be which would be the equivalent of like Nesson, maybe yeah 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 boston yeah. And they would do all the Laker games and they would do all the Dodger games, but they also did high school basketball games. And the guy's like, well, we could give Helly a few high school basketball games. So I would went on a weekend when I wasn't working at NFL network and I did three games in one day and I did that three or four times so I could just get some reps. And then I did a high school football game. And, uh, and then I got this Tennessee Titans preseason gig, and then I got some Fox NFL games. And so that just kind of led to everything I'm doing now and as for the UFC, they were starting this new series called Dana White's Contender Series, which was guys who were on the cusp, kind of like AAA baseball, right? Yeah, yeah, They were one step away from the UFC. So on Tuesday nights, they did 10 episodes, and they were going to have these up-and-coming fighters. And at the end of the night, uh, Dana White was going to give them a contract, right? And that was the premise of the show. So that was kind of the hook. Uh, yeah that was the excitement of it. So anyway, they brought 10 or 15 of us in and we auditioned and I was one of the two guys that got the gig and they knew I didn't know much or anything about mixed martial arts, but they just kind of liked, um, I guess how I was on TV and they're like, you can learn the rest. And over the last five, six years, I'm, I'm still learning. So I'm certainly not, uh, John Anik. I'm not this, uh wealth of information, but I've, I've come a long way and I'm, I'm a lot better than I was before. I always think when I see videos of you doing
0: that and watching the show and you're next to Daniel Cormier and I'm just like, what's it like sitting next to a guy that if you upset him, he could rip your arms off and beat them with you. Like, what is, did you ever think that when you look at him where he seems like the nicest teddy bear of a guy? And then you're like, this guy beats Stipe and, you know, and, and, basically almost should have beaten John Jones a couple of times, but went toe to toe with some of the greatest fighters of all time. And you're just like, this guy could kill me in four seconds.
2: He could Patrick Swayze my throat and rip it right out. I think it was 2016 or 2017. I did my first big UFC show It was a fight night. It was in Vegas. It was during football season. And uh, I was doing the play by play with DC. And that was the first one I had done. And he was my partner. And I remember looking over to him there, you know, giving us the 10, 9, 8. And I look over at him, I go, you know, I stood up really straight. I'm I'm six feet tall on the button. And DC's probably five, ten. I said, you might be the first analyst I've uh I've worked with that I'm taller than. And he leans in as they're counting down. Still, right, five, four. I'm also the first analyst who could kick your ass and every other analyst's ass. And I'm like, all right, one art, right, you're on. Let's go. And so we got a good chuckle. You know, Daniel Cormier is our Charles Barkley. He yeah. is very smart. He says what he's thinking. Um, He's incredibly likable, which I think is one of the more important things for a television personality to be. And, um, and is one of four double champs in UFC history? So he has a lot of credibility and his, his status hasn't, is just cons. He's on a rocket ship in terms of being a television personality. It's getting bigger and bigger. Um, there's going to be a new television series that's coming out that he's going to be in. And, um, he's just a joy to work with. You know, one of my favorite things is when we have these big pay-per-view events is, I'll go golfing with DC and he'll always bring a, some other buddies, sometimes a current fighter, former fighter, Justin Gaethje. He's played a couple of times with us, but um, I love hanging out with that guy, man. He is, he's, he's a bundle of energy. He's nonstop. He's always doing stuff. He's building this YouTube channel right now. He built a scratch starting about a year ago and uh, he's doing great.
1: If he ever re- invites you, if he ever invites you to come out and hang with Nate Diaz, I think you should turn that one down from what I hear. That guy parties way <laughs> too hard.
2: Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, early on, the first season of Dana White's Contender Series, they did an alternate call of the fights with Uriah Faber and Snoop Dogg. Yep. And it was called the Snoop Cast. So we were the straight cast, and they were the Snoop Cast. And um, so you, you would watch it online. The first season, I think, it was just on UFC Fight Pass, which was their digital platform. But you could flip over and listen to Snoop, or you could listen to us. And I remember... Sean O'Malley was the biggest star of the yeah. first season of contender series. And he was, uh, he basically rose to fame because he smoked with Snoop right after his fight in the trailer. <laughs> and I went to say hi to Snoop. I'd met him a few times cause he was good buddies and grew up with William McGinnis, who I worked with for a long time at NFL network and went to say hi to him and walked in his trailer and just plumes of smoke coming out. And I'm like, God, that'd be cool, man. Look, look what smoking weed with uh, Snoop did for Sean O'Malley. And I said, that nah, probably, probably not a good idea for the straight laced broadcaster to go in there and do a couple of bong rips with Snoop. So I passed on that. I passed have a little heli. Come on. Once in a lifetime <laughs> experience. You gotta, I take agree. That. I agree. Gotta take that. But
1: I will say this, even if you do it, you always have to say you didn't.
2: Well, it is legal in California now. So, you know, I mean, yeah, not, I mean, not as big of a deal now as it was six years now ago. No, it's
1: actually become more like having a couple of beers with a guy at this point.
2: Well, look at, look at Elon Musk going on Rogan's pop. Yeah. I mean,
1: that's, that's yeah, yeah.
0: When yeah. I was out there like six years ago, it was right when it, when it became legal and I'd hang out at the the comedy store all the time and in the back and near the end, uh, I became, I just knew Tony Hinchcliffe and they're always smoking in the back. And it was just so weird where I'm just like, I'm at a bar and all these famous, you know, there's Rogan and everyone. They're just all smoking joints in the back, and no one's like looking over their shoulder. It was like the first time where I've ever was around weed, and no one just cared about. They're just doing it out in the open because they could, and it was. It's still to me. It's so funny how my entire life they're like, "Don't smoke weed. You can't smoke. If you're smoking weed, you gotta go somewhere and hide." And then, and now everyone's just like, literally, just you're, I'm doing the duck tours in Boston, and once a tour, I'm like, "Wow, it
1: smells like my brother's jacket." All of a sudden, you well, know,
0: like it's just crazy how it's just. And in California, I mean,
1: it's it's all definitely the first and foremost in California. Well,
2: it's funny. It's funny you said Tony Hinchcliffe because one of the things that I really enjoy is when I do these, uh, these weigh in shows for the pay-per-views, if I'm not calling a game or have something going on on Saturday, my show's on Friday and I stay and I sit right behind Rogan and Anik and Daniel Cormier and I put my headphones in and I just listen to the fights. And I, there's always a few seats right next to me and Rogan always brings buddies and they're always comedians And Hinchcliffe is one of the guys that he brings all the time. I had no idea who he was and sat right next to him, you know, for five hours of fights and uh, chatted him up a little bit and super nice guy. And then obviously went home and looked him up and watched some of his shows. And he is funny, dude. I'm surprised actually,
1: because I listen to a lot of those shows that he does. And I'm surprised within moments that you weren't aware of the fact that this was a really funny, crazy guy that you were sitting next to. He's nuts.
2: Yeah. Well, it's, I, you know, I asked him, I said, it must be really difficult to be a comedian, you know, the last few years with all that's gone on, you know, you can't, there's so many things you could say 10 years ago that you can't say now. He's like, I say whatever the fuck I want. That say, is absolutely like, true. He is in, he in a does. league of
1: guys. He's in a league of guys and it's all guys that surround sort of Joe Rogan is almost their protector because you got like Shane Gillis and Ari Shafir, all of these guys, uh, B- BJ Shane's Ogerson. Yeah, Shane's
2: been there too. And I'll, you guys, you guys will laugh. Who's the guy? I, I'm going to say Burt Kreischer, but it's not Kreischer. It's it's another very famous comedian, Tom Segura. Segura, yeah, I didn't yeah, know. He's who he hilarious. was Hilarious. He's no, really. I didn't know who he, was. he sat next to me for a show and I introduced myself. Didn't, I had no idea who he was. And I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. He's, he's very good. So you're it's, a square man. You're such a well, square. I just, you know, it's funny. My kid, my kid watches all these guys and he's 15 and I've started watching them more because I I mean, I love comedy. The the comedy store, by the way, is amazing. Yeah. Amazing. It's and it's, it's a hike from Manhattan beach. I don't get up there a ton but I had a buddy in from Philly who knew one of the comedians and we went up and there's a back like bar area the back bar. I got there the once. It was bar. like the highlight of my life. Right. So I get in there and Dave Chappelle would make these drop-in appearances at the comedy store all the time. And so I'm with two other buddies and this Philly comedian, the back bar and Soleil moon fry was in there with somebody else. Punky Brewster. Yeah. And they were at the bar and we were just kind of standing in the back, just trying to, you know, just stay out of the way. And then Dave Chappelle comes in and, uh, oh, who's the other, um, who's it was different. Stru- no family ties. Tootie. Who's who was Tootie? Oh yeah. I can't remember um, her name. She I was know who you're talking
0: about. Yeah. yeah and yeah, it was her yeah.
2: birthday. And Dave Chappelle comes in and hands birthday shots out to everybody, including <laughs> us. And so we did birthday shots in the back room. And then one of my buddies pulls out his phone and wants to take a picture. And that's when we got kicked out.
0: That's a big no, no.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Can't do that. That's what a, a big, crazy, that's almost yeah. twilight zone. esque. dude. It was nuts. Pucky Brewster, it, it, 2d Dave Chappelle. I was like, it's crazy. I usually <laughs> wake up back, from stuff like that. I'm like, oh, that okay. That little
2: back ahead. bar area, I didn't realize what a cool thing that was until, you know, until we had left. And I was just kind of following them around. But yeah, um, yeah that's fun, man. That's kind of some of the weird stuff that happens to you in la and, and yeah
0: living in la is that the is that the what's the is that the problem I mean 2D Punky Brewster Dave Chappelle is is a weird combo what's the weirdest thing that you kind of just were I'm in la and all of a sudden you're just like what how did I get here who am I with like who are these people
1: that's got to be it
0: right that's got to be it yeah no, there's there's
2: a, it. there's a couple so I'll just give you a couple of the, the, the the first of all Manhattan Beach doesn't have a ton of there's a ton of athletes. Yeah, oh, yeah. A lot of athletes and broadcasters live here. The one celebrity that lives here is Vince Vaughn. Nice. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I've seen him like walking down the street, big white t-shirt, coffee stains. You know, flip flops, and you're looking like that's Vince Vaughn. What, what is he? And just kind of stumbling into a Starbucks. You know, <laughs> that was funny. Um, I've seen him around several times. Probably the craziest one was we were leaving an NFL network Christmas party with several other anchors and hosts, males and females. And we're going to this club that was kind of a risque, like not quite a strip club, more like a club club, but it had a top level where they had dances, yeah, dances and in the cages and stuff like that. Kind of, yeah. Just yeah. kind of one of those burlesque. Of it was in, it was in Hollywood and, um, we're getting out, we're all unloading out of this big suburban and, uh, I see this guy walking out with his big beard and he's like, Bobby, are they gone, Bobby? Are they still here? And it was a bit, there was obviously a bodyguard was this Bobby guy. And, um, he's like, no, yeah, you're good. You're good. And he's like, all right. And he's looking at his phone. He goes, I guess I'll be here in a minute. And it was Leonardo DiCaprio waiting for his ride coming out of this place right after he had sh- done the movie. What's the movie? That's like the bear movie. Yes, we had the big beard. He was surviving, and he had to sleep in the carcass. An Oscar, yeah. I can't believe I can't remember call. that. It starts with the a Reverend. D. The a Reverend, Reverend yeah, yes. it doesn't start with Yeah, the yeah. yeah, yeah. Which so I had no idea Lita. what
0: the I had no idea what Reverend meant, and I watched the movie, and I still didn't know what Reverend meant. But I, yeah, it was great.
2: Seeing Leo was pretty. That was early on. That's too, pretty. So.
1: That's pretty awesome. I mean, that's a. Yeah, that's I mean, a there's pretty...
2: there's a handful. You know, it doesn't happen like I said as much down here, but. um, you know, Don Cheadle, a bunch of guys would come through NFL Network. I remember I had to record a bunch of lines uh for the show open and Michael Rappaport was literally standing right next to me while I was doing all the lines and and I was I was a little I was a little nervous. Not that not that Michael Rappaport is the biggest actor in the world, but like I Anytime there's an actor who's watching you do your lines, it's a little nerve-wracking. Yeah, that's got to be really He might be the most
1: aggressive actor in the world, though. He's very <laughs>
2: aggressive on, on social media. Yeah, Ironically, yeah, yeah. He used to be on this show, this Fantasy Zone show that I do on DirecTV that's a spinoff of The Red Zone he was on the season before, I I guess indirectly, I may have replaced him. Um, but I think it was because he was so irreverent (laughs) more straight laced. So that's kind of what they, what they were looking for. But, um, yeah, man, it's been a fun place. It's certainly been a fun place to live. A lot of adventures. No, we don't
0: get the, the, the famous people in Boston, but one of my favorite, one of your, one of your colleagues, one of my favorite stories of meeting famous people was I went to the AFC championship game of the, patriots versus the jaguars and it was a last second thing my friend was like hey my friend can't go will you go i had to uber to foxborough from boston which it was surprisingly only a 50 uber i thought it'd be like over 100 150 bucks but i get there we're drinking and who do i see where you're going to get in but maurice jones drew like he was filming MJD. something yeah mjd and i go up to Jones, Jones, drew who I loved. We might be, how old do you think he, how old is he? You know, I'm your friend. Uh, I'm. Just, he's 36 maybe. Oh, so I'm older than him. I'm way older than him. I thought I'm 41. I thought we were about the <laughs> same age. And so I see him and I'm like, Maurice Jones, drew, I want a fantasy football league because of you, man. And I've always loved you even at UCLA, but I'm sorry. And I was hammered and I'm like, but I'm sorry that the uh, Pats are going to kill the Jaguars today. Can I take a picture? And we take a picture and he says something and he goes, and Hey man, good luck in life.
1: I was like, oh, <laughs> too late, too late, MJD. too late, buddy. But appreciate it. He just totally burned me.
2: I'm like, that's such a great, oh, good luck in life. But he said that in, in such I, I, a nice way. <laughs> yeah. A nice kiss off. No, he's good, dude. I, you know, I do my podcast with him. I I'm still uh, debating whether I'm going to start it up this year, but uh, we're working through some kinks, but he's been, he's been great yeah that's uh that's it's amazing to see
0: you from the local news in orlando to 20 different jobs you're you're it's unbelievable how you just have your your now what you said you're doing a play by play game this uh
2: for was it week three you said yeah so um it's saints panthers coming up week three uh so obviously be a lot of good storylines with that i hope they uh i hope the panthers can can get back on track and go into that one one and one and it'd be nice if the saints can win so there's you know some momentum for those guys going into that one. And then I'll have some college football games coming up here pretty soon for Fox. And um, yeah, it's been nice. Keep me busy. And to wrap it up here, you are a volunteer alum to university of Tennessee.
0: What do you, are you, are you buying in on this? They seem kind of good. They're finally in the top 25. What, what do you think? Are they going to fall apart? Like they have the past 10 years, or do you think they're going to keep this train of moving?
2: Well, the win over Pittsburgh was big because Pittsburgh, you know, was a top 25 team is a top 25 team right now, but we have, uh, I think it's, it's Kent state or Toledo or somebody this weekend. So we have kind of a warm-up game and then we, and then it gets, starts getting tough, man. We got Florida, which is going to be a huge game. You know, we have to play the number one and number two teams in the country. We play Georgia and Alabama. We play Kentucky. That's a top 10 team. So you get into the meat of that schedule. And I mean, I think realistically out of those games that I just mentioned, we could split. Then we're legit, right? Oh yeah. You know, if yeah. You, oh yeah. So if you lose to Georgia and Alabama, but you can beat Florida and Kentucky, you're legit top 15 program in the country. Absolutely. I, I'm a pessimistic fan. I don't have a lot of faith. I feel like our quarterback Hendon hooker is going to regress a little bit. He threw over 30 touchdown passes with three or four picks last year. I don't feel like that's sustainable. Um, our run game's not great. Our defense is okay. You know, that being said, I would love nothing more than for the Vols to, you know, just be awesome. I went to my first game in Knoxville. I took my 16 year old daughter, my first game in about five years. And it, uh, it reinvigorated me a little bit about my, my Vols fandom. So hopefully am I, am I buying that we're a, a top 10 team in the country? No, but can we be in the top 25 all year if we, if we can win two out of those four? Absolutely. Yeah. Sounds That's right. exciting. I think Tennessee is one of my
0: least liked teams solely because of their color. I hate their color. What what is that orange like? What, Sherbert orange or whatever? What is that color? Not
2: Sherbert orange. It is. I will say as as an alum and a fan, I don't I don't mind the color. I just mind how every uniform it's a little different. They, they for whatever oh, reason yeah, they yeah, can't yeah, yeah. replicate the color from the football uniform to the basketball uniform to the baseball uniform, whereas. Clemson has it figured out. Florida has it figured out, you know, burnt orange in Texas always looks the same. So that's why they play with so many different color schemes. But I will tell you, those are the best four years of my life, man. If, if, if anybody that's listening to this is a high school age kid, looking to go to a fun school and a good school, Knoxville's it, bro.
1: Learn the words to Rocky top before you head up there though, because you're going to need to know them.
2: Oh, hundred percent. And then oh, yeah. you're going to annoy the shit out of everybody else in your <laughs> Sure so does about. happen.
0: <laughs> Been there. Well, well, Dan Helley, your, your Tennessee uh, uh, education and degree went to good works with uh, your national jobs. We're really proud of you. And uh, thanks for joining us on the Michael O'Brien show and and look forward to hopefully talking to you again, uh, maybe during the NFL season. We can talk some NFL football.
2: Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it, boys. Good luck. Welcome back to the Mike O'Brien
0: Show. Once again, thank you, Dan Helly of uh, UFC, NFL, just a little bit of everything. Uh, he's a Swiss Army knife. But right now we have a wonderful comedian. Uh, I, I hate to say just Wister because I think you're you're beloved by everyone in the New England area. His name is Doug Gerton, everybody. Give it up for Doug. Thank you, Doug. How are you? How are you? I'm- that was my hosting. Gig. Give it up. Put your hands together for Mr. Doug Gerton. Yeah, you're a real natural, Mike. That's great. I'm really good at talking. I talk good. Actually, doesn't you- he
1: kind of suck? Shouldn't he at least have given your credits before he brought you out? And if you I mean, don't just- have any, like made <laughs> Doug, one up.
0: What are your credits? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he he barely pronounced Worcester right, so it, it, we got it through it. Worcester kid, Worcester kid. Yes, uh, Doug uh, uh, basically runs a lot of the sports. Uh, in the Boston comedy scene. So it's good to have Doug on. The the first thing that I want to talk about in the news, which um, it's not even the fact of the player that got cut, It's just the position altogether. Rodrigo Blankenship misses a kick on uh, the game winning kick for the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday gets cut on Monday I always thought he was one of the better kickers in the league he got he got cut or he got hurt last year so maybe he's just they thought he wasn't the same but after one week he misses one kick and they're like peace out don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you there and it's just like a kicker in a closer in baseball is the ultimate. This is the greatest guy ever. And then a week later, they're like, get him off my team. He's done. Is there any other position that you can think of? Someone gets fired at the drop of a hat out of nowhere and no one's surprised.
3: Um, I don't know, but I mean, I don't, I, I don't mind when kickers get cut. I mean, they have one job. I mean, they're in the NFL. They can't kick a, kick a field goal when it matters. Then you're gone. I mean, uh, the kickers are so bad in the NFL right now. They're so bad. I can't believe more don't get kicked off their team. There's to one me,
1: team right now that's not even carrying a kicker. They're letting one of their safeties kick the goal, field goals and successfully, by the way. I can't remember who that? it is. I didn't even hear this story. the story. Cowboy, no. no, Cowboys have no, Zerline. Not
0: the Cowboys.
3: It's, no, it's, they don't have Zerline anymore. But they so, have some.
1: the, the, somebody is using a safety as opposed to their their main kicker got hurt and they cut their back up and now they're like we're just not going to carry a kicker we're going to It
0: might have been for the game but i don't know i feel like this is bs jeff taylor coming no, this, out again the story the story is confident. actually <laughs>
1: true the story is actually true i'm going to look it up i'm going to look it up you guys the
0: google machine can we get young Jamie to look that up? Yeah, can we get yeah, can we get Jeff Jeff Taylor the last episode for those who, who keep on listening? Like I said, like, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your enemies about the Michael Bryan show. Uh Doug, if you missed the last show, Jeff just started telling things that sounded believable and then they were one hundred percent false. And he knew they were false as he was saying it, but he did sound believable. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. This they're oh, saying oh, but uh Harrison Bucker got hurt or something like yeah, that. And so they, they're not going to, they'll have a kicker by Sunday. All right, they'll have a kicker right. by Sunday. Um, But uh, Doug, your son was a kicker in, in, in high school. Was he a punter or a field goal kicker? He was a kicker.
3: Uh, and so I watched uh, the giants game with him every week and, you know, we'll watch the red zone, whatever. Uh, Doug I'm is a playing. giants fan. I'm a giants fan uh, for those that don't know. And uh, so I, blackmailed him into and brainwashed him into being a Giants fan. And so we are forced to watch every Giants game. And of course we're going to watch the rest of the NFL that Sunday. And it's crazy how bad the kickers are. And I just keep looking at him shaking his head. Like I could have made that. I could have made that. I could have made that.
0: Now when he missed the kick, would you, would you uh, not give him food? Would you not let him use the car? What were, what were some punishments for him missing kicks?
3: Um, well, I mean, it,
0: it, it got rough.
3: No, he, Honestly, the the team he was on didn't attempt a lot of field goals. Um, they, would they just, kick extra points at least. Yeah, so he was doing all the extra points, and every time, and when he would miss, uh, I just wouldn't look at him, and uh, yeah, <laughs> I would, I'm I would stunned. make him stay. I would make him stay after the game, and he would have to make thirty extra points before I drove him. That's home typically
1: before. the recipe for a kid that ends up in the NFL. If his if his dad abusively forces him to succeed they typically uh they're not good at anything else in life but typically they'll make it in their field so uh, i'm glad your kid's well-rounded enough to have put up with that abuse
3: yeah well he wasn't well-rounded enough to make the nfl so
0: or college for that matter
3: or college yeah well i mean yeah you know listen not everybody's college material. That is true. <laughs> I don't
0: think any of us were really. Um, <laughs> it is. It, it is college figures, though. To me, are I, I watch some of these kickers. UMass. I mean, they they one year they lost five games because of their field goal kicker, and then you always hear stories. Up to five times a year, sometimes how the team just holds an open tryout and has some kid who's like, I played soccer in high school and was all league. And then he ends up being the field goal kicker a couple of years ago, a long time ago, BC did that. And they had this kid, He they beat Virginia tech because he kicked seven field goals. He'd never been a field goal kicker before. It's just amazing how if I had a 10 year old kid, it's either I would teach him to long snap, or field goal kick, and even long snapping to me is the easiest way. If you could long snap and run like a 5-0-40, you're in the NFL. Like It's so easy to be a good long snapper, and all it is is the only thing Um, you you
1: I'm looking at you right now. Your son, definitely teach him to long snap because you don't have kicker body.
3: I'll tell you what. I've been to kicker camps uh, with my son, and there are long snappers there, and it is very competitive. I mean, there are guys that are very good that don't even get a sniff. I mean, it is super com- competitive to be a great long snapper. I don't see the difference in any of them, and some of them are really good, and some of them aren't. It's just like it, I don't know how I don't know how you get into the long snapping game. It seems like a, a hard profession to get into. Well, it's you funny, can't even it, touch from is- though.
1: I, that you what do you mean you can't touch them you, you there, can't somebody, no one
0: can line up over the no one can line up over the center and you spoke you can't touch them for the, like the first five yards then you can block them but he's you have to let him snap it and take off and they can't they no i one didn't know be that i was about to yeah. say
1: i was i was going to say that would probably be the difference is how well can they helmet on helmet or shoulder on shoulder the guy they don't right even have to
0: block anyone they don't even have to block that's anyone. nuts yeah it's crazy yeah and um yeah. Long, I don't know. Just long stop to me. It's like, that's all I would do is just have a, and, and when I was, I'm sorry, but when I was reading about Rodrigo Blankenship, they showed there was him in a park next to the training facility, the Coke, the Colts, uh, practicing kicking by himself in this park by himself. And it was just like, Oh, of <laughs> poor, poor little guy with the glasses. You, you'll get better there. Pumpkin pie. <laughs>
3: Don't. In, in all seriousness, having a son that did, 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 kick field goals. I mean, it's the most nerve wracking thing in the world. Every time he lined up and he would do kickoffs. So every time it was just, I couldn't even really watch the field sometimes. And I get that same feeling just watching any kicker now. In college or NFL, I'm like, even if, against, unless it's against the Giants, like Week One where he missed, and it was the best thing that's ever happened to me. But um, otherwise, I just don't. I always feel bad because it it's a lonely feeling when you miss. I mean, it, it's just the worst.
1: And and there's there's very little upside to extra points, and there's a ton of downside if you miss them. I've heard this a million times. Oh, if he would have made that extra point, would have been a difference in the game. And then when it comes to field goals. You know, a quarterback can go 10 for 25 and still have his job, but the field goal kicker has, is expected to make every field goal within 45 yards. If you don't make it, you're the GOAT.
0: Good well, that knit with the other night, for the Broncos, the coach makes him kick a 64 yard field goal. And when he missed it, I was just like, Oh man, you missed. And then I'm like, wait a second. That was a 64 yard field goal. What are you talking about? He had no chance of making that. And he almost did. He had the leg. He was like off by like a yard to the left.
3: It was tough. I mean, th- some guys in college last Saturday, a few guys missed extra points. Where in college, those are 20-yard field goals. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. UMass, UMass would lose. They lose regularly because their kicker can't kick an extra point. And it's just like, how do you not – you're offering a scholarship to mm-hmm. someone to do this, and they can't kick an extra point. It's like, how like – you, you're telling me there's not some kid that was – that was all state soccer. That wasn't good enough to play D one, but then still just wanted to go to some state school that couldn't kick an extra point. Like get it done.
1: Is it, is it the, is it, do we always blame the kicker or to sometimes we blame the guy holding the ball?
3: You could tell if it's a bad snap, like there was a bad snap on a couple of them where his laces out or laces in or whatever the bad way to be. Um, but my kid will tell you if it's down in time, you, you got to make that kick.
0: Yeah. I way
3: always way harder, way way easier than being a closer. I don't like the closer comparison because closer, I mean kicker. That's you have one thing you move your leg in such a way that the ball goes straight.
1: Yeah, closer is like the most mental. There's there's physical that goes into it, but you could be the you could be a guy that can hurl 105 mile an hour fastballs. Down there, and if you don't have it mentally, you'll never be a closer. There are guys that could close the throw in the like low 90s, and they just have two pitches. Oh, well, Mariano, Mariano, Mariano Rivera. Yeah, I mean, Keith Folk. Yeah, uh,
0: Mariano Rivera threw gas. Keith Folk would throw like 92 miles an hour. But yeah, no one could hit it.
1: And Mike, the, it's got the brain.
3: Did we, did uh, me and Bulger tell you that story? Um, uh, that we were golfing and who we, who we came into our foursome that we didn't even know? No. So we were playing, we were playing as a twosome. We got a single and then another single that made a foursome. And then a fifth guy straggled up behind us. And I'm like, who is this loser? Uh, you know, you know me, I don't like single golfers. And so I'm like this. And Dan who wants to be everybody's best friend is like, well, let him play with us. It's fine. What course like. was this? Um, uh, uh, the George, Wright, The one he Okay. Likes. Yeah. Um, and so, um, we we're playing, and then you know he only he came in and he uh, he saw me. He's like, "I don't know if I want to play with a Giants fan." I'm like, "He was wearing a Pats hat." I'm like, "Oh well, you know, Pats are not looking good, man." This was a couple months ago before they even played. I'm like, "Giants going to be better than the Pats this year." I'm I'm calling it right now, and he's like, "Oh, I don't know." And we were going back and forth, and Dan was like, "I bet I, I I I think. And you know, what do you think? Should I take the under on the wins? I, I'll probably take the under. I don't know." And then we're just fucking around, and then we move on. He only plays like the last six holes with us, and he leaves. Um and then one of the other singles comes up to us like hey do you know who that was? We're like no he goes pretty sure that was a Patriots long snapper.
0: <laughs> 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 I wouldn't even know who the Patriots long snapper is. I remember I Of course not. I I remember when the, the first like three championships. I can't think of the packs and Lonnie Paxson was their long snapper. I would, when I, when, when I would go drink at UMass, uh, Jeremy Kane, he ended up in the NFL. He was in the NFL for over 10 years as a long snapper He played for the bears and the Jaguars. And I would drink with, with him. Cause I was friends with people on the football team. And like, all of a sudden know it but it was like he was like three years in I just was watching a game and they're like oh Jeremy Kane with the tackles like well I don't know if he's in the NFL and I googled him he's been a long snapper and he like just think of the the pension you get off of being a long snapper after playing 10 plus years like you're Mm. set for life of course yeah it's great Mm. so um uh, but what was uh, Doug? Didn't you you said you you had something that you wanted to add golf. to our wonderful golf? Oh golf. yeah, golf. As we're talking, yeah, golf. That was a perfect segue. Uh, what What are your thoughts? You you wanted to bring up the live golf uh, league here. What What are your thoughts on live golf, Doug?
3: No, I just think it's a silly league. I think it was just because it was in Boston, uh, so I was thinking about it. Um, but it's just a silly thing that people that don't know golf think it's going to be real thing, and they're like, well, "What's so wrong with it?" And I don't even care about the Saudi end of it. Um, I just think it's kind of just hurting golf in a way. Um, and I'm a huge PGA fan. So obviously that take anything that takes away from the PGA tour, I'm not going to like, um, but I just, I just get annoyed at people being like, what's the big deal. Maybe it's cool. Get it to give it a shot in 10 years. It could be something it's very, it doesn't make any sense. And it's just kind of, uh, It's it's ruining golf to me. And and anyway, I mean, the guys that are going to live doesn't matter. I didn't really like them anyway, but just the whole talk, there's nothing about like the golf anymore. It's all of oh these guys went to live or are you going to go to live? Oh, I don't know. I might go to live. I don't want to go to live. These guys suck at live, blah, blah, blah. It's not about golf anymore. And that's really the the worst part about it. I don't care about the Saudi angle. Not to mention
0: you can't even watch it. I don't even understand. It's like three rounds instead of four, right?
3: They they screwed themselves. They screwed themselves by calling the tour live because it stands for LIV, which is Roman numeral for 54, which means they have 54 holes. So they can't change that. They can't uh, be like, oh, we'll, 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 I know this was stupid. We're going to do four days now.
0: You can't. You call your tour live. You say that, but the Big Ten has, I don't even know how many teams are in the Big Ten now. <laughs> he makes so, a good point. I mean, uh, it, like, who cares about the number? Live, I didn't even know that. Like, you just like told me whole, what that stood for. I had no clue that, that that's what it stood for. Well, that's like their whole pitch is it's is,
3: is changing golf. It's 54 holes. It's shotgun. Um, Did you know that? That it's shotgun? Yeah, they all start at the same time. I knew right. That. So it only lasts like three hours. Mm-hmm. But, that is stupid too, because there's too much action. Like people that watch golf don't mind watching golf for six, seven hours. That's fine.
1: No, it's beautiful yeah. to have it on in the background. It's a great yeah, thing you to take have on nap. the background a full day. Yeah,
3: take a nap for a few holes. You wake up, see what's going on. It's fine. It's golf. Like you say, it's background music.
1: My beef, My beef with the whole way that this thing went down is that I think if the PGA would have just handled it thinking... These guys aren't going to be around. They're basically like these, these football leagues that pop up every once in a while and try to compete with the NFL. It's cute. They last a couple of years, and then they're gone. But the NFL's never stepped in and said, our guys are, if you play there, you can't play here. They've never done that. And I think that's where everything went off the rails is when the PGA said, you can't compete in both tours. I don't understand that.
3: Well, because... First of all, that would never happen to the NFL uh, because it's not a good enough league that the the Saudis aren't doing an NFL league. It's all about the money. That's the reason why they're going over there. And if you're the PGA, why would you let them do both? The live tour is out to destroy the PGA tour. I mean, it's literally out to just get rid of the PGA tour and just have the live tour be the only tour. Like they're trying to grab everybody from the PGA. So why would the why wouldn't the PGA tour be like, all right, you guys go have the live. You're not coming back. I mean that makes the most sense.
1: That, but if they could compete in both tournaments, you'd have all of those big names at your big tournaments. And when Live eventually, when those guys get tired of not being the PGA, because I don't see the PGA going anywhere, those those leagues are built on their longevity. They they have a trust with people. So everybody, when you talk about golf, you think PGA. You don't think Live. Live is a a thing that's happening now. It'll be, I believe, a flash in the pan. It'll go away. It'll be something we talk about, and it's not. It's going to happen again. It's just that sports now are more global, so that's why this happened. Where if uh, if I I feel like you can't even have a U.S. tour that would compete against the PGA, which I think is crazy, but I feel like they they could have had those guys competing in their bigger tournaments, which would have kept the eyes on solely them and, and beaten this as opposed to putting up such a fight and saying it's either us or them. I, I, I disagree with that. I mean, everybody's entitled to their opinion, but I feel like from a PR perspective, it would have been better for them to just let it be.
3: Well, what helps the PGA more if there's a live tour or if there isn't a live tour?
1: Well, if there isn't one, but if they, and why would
3: they do anything to help the live tour? I don't think that
1: I don't feel like they're helping them by allowing these guys to compete in both tours Because the guys were going anyway, these guys
3: they allowed that. I'm telling you way more would go.
1: Yeah, but if way more go, I guess really it comes down to how much money the Saudis want to spend, because if they give let's say they give Tiger Woods five billion dollars to come play and it doesn't give them five billions back in return, then how long do they continue spending that money?
0: Yeah, they're spending all this money. They're not on TV. There's all like Apple came out and said we're not going to broadcast them. They're I don't even know they're on YouTube or something like that. So they're throwing all this money around like like I'm in Vegas here with with my $300 and I I don't understand how they're going to Okay. make money off of this how do they make money off of this Again, but also I will, one r- real quick ahead. thing the, the PGA players going to this it's almost like they're going on strike they're not going because they're like I like this better they're saying in the long run me going to this is going to end up with more money in the PGA so when Live goes under they're going to be like hey we need to get more money. We see how much money you're making off of this. You need to give us more money. All right, two things. First
3: of all, they're only going to live for the money that's going in their bank account. They're not trying to make more money for the other PGA players. That's bullshit. Yes. Second of all, um, they I, again, and I don't care about the Saudi angle because everybody deals with the Saudis. The U.S. government deals with the Saudis. People, everybody deals with them. But the Saudis aren't interested in making a profit. You guys know that, right? It's, it's sport washing. Yeah. They're trying to be... Look at us. We're a legitimate operation. We have a, a golf tour. We're not bad people. Look at us. We're cool. You know what I mean? It's not, they don't, they, they have, I think they saw, heard something like 300, $400 billion in their kitty. In this, like, yeah. th- this is nothing. They don't care about making money back. They don't care about any of that. They want to be, they've tried this and other things now. They Soccer. Should, uh, they get, yeah. They've tried everything. And so they got the golfers. Great. It worked on this one. So, but th- 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 to make a profit, they don't care about that.
0: They're going to, the, the players are going to go back. It's not like the PJ is like, all right, Dustin Johnson, you're never
1: coming back. Like, they kind gonna, of they have taken that stance. I bet they don't.
0: I bet they yeah. don't.
1: I feel like you they have think, taken you that You don't stance. think
0: Dustin Johnson and some of these guys, the guy with the mullet, that they're not going back? Nope. Then what are they going to do afterwards? Retire, go on a boat. This is the decision yeah. they made. This is what they're That's true. Me. This is their, this is their, like, we're doing this until the wheels they fall off the, and then the we're all done. Yeah, yeah, no, all right. I could
3: see that though. And I also predict that all four majors will be getting together over the winter and saying, you know what, fuck the live tour. We're going to put a ban on them. Uh, if you're in the live, you're not playing in any of our majors. And then the live tour will be kaput. Mm.
1: So right mm. now you can play in the US Open and you can also play in the live tour.
3: Unfortunately, they made the, the they, called the tournament open. So it so means it's, like, open. It, yeah. it's open. If you qualify, you're in the tournament. Yeah. I mean, it, it, but they can change that.
1: Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I, I, they make the rules. Hmm.
0: That's interesting. It. Wow. I never thought I'd be this enthralled with golf before. I hey. love golf. I'm really bad at golf. I golf with Doug. I, we haven't golfed as much as we did in the past, especially during COVID. We golfed all the time, but but Doug, uh, Dan Bolger, and I will go golfing from time to time and Bolger might've told this story, but when we went, where were we golfing? When I thought that there was a uh, hard, hard, uh, land under my feet. And there was not, it had to have been Franklin. I mean, I don't know where else we It wasn't Franklin. I haven't heard this story. Uh, So tell the the
1: story because I haven't heard it. So there was,
0: there was like this kind of Creek, which, which was dried out. And I thought that if I stood on it, it would be, it would be just hard land. And so I went to go stand on it and it ended up being like silt. And I went up to my waist in it was like basically quicksand it was it was the funniest damn thing that's ever happened to me they literally had to like grab me by my arms to pull me out of it (laughs) and it was the surprising thing was i wasn't that muddy at all actually from it i was wearing shorts but uh it didn't like really stick to me or anything like that but you could see like a perfect formed lower body of me in it would you have kept going
1: down if they would have left you a little longer uh, I don't know,
0: but if it was deeper, I would have gone, I would I would have went straight down if it wasn't, if it wasn't like, it didn't stop at my waist. Huh, I would have yeah, I I died. I would have died. I didn't think quicksand was a real thing until that day. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That, that was quicksand. Wasn't basically, it basically. basically was quicksand. I'm sure if, if no one was there to, to help me out, And I was there for hours upon hours. Would I have kept sinking? I'm not a scientist. I don't know. But for the sake of the story, sure. Yeah, Doug and Dan saved my life.
3: Well, y'all are better friends than
1: me. I would have left them there. I would (laughs) would have done a scientific experiment.
3: I mean, it took us a while to stop laughing. But yeah, we helped them out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Golf is the best. Golf is the only sport that, like, when I play basketball, I suck at basketball. I suck at every sport. And golf is the only one that I suck at, and I just don't care. I'll just keep playing golf. All day, and I'll shoot 122. In I don't care. Yeah, we know. I'll just keep going. Yeah, Doug. Doug knows. Yeah, but there was once when I when I first played with Doug, we played the front nine, and it was like the greatest nine holes I've ever played in my life. And Doug was like, "Wow, he's really good." And then Bones was like, "No, he's not." And then the back nine, I shot like an 87 (laughs) or something like that, and I was like, "Ah, there he is." Yeah. you also let the the, the booze get to you. you. You you start off
3: okay, and then you. I mean, most guys get better when they get drunk. You get worse. Are we well, still talking
1: it, about golf, or are we just talking just about life. any everyday thing that yeah, my I mean, that's true. Does?
0: I does? You're talking about booze <laughs> makes me better, and everything. That's why everyone loves me and loves <laughs> hanging out with me. Actually, you, you know what? About? I think as
1: far as as far, that's the one thing it doesn't affect negatively is your personality. You're much more lovable when you're drunk. Doug, would you agree or disagree?
3: <laughs> have I ever have I ever seen you not drunk? It's weird. I don't know if I've ever Probably. Are you not drunk right now? I'm not drunk right now. No. Interesting. Yeah, you're yeah. all
0: right. It's yeah. weird. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that, Doug. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. I'll, I'll I, forbade you to- him.
1: I forbade him from drinking and doing this show.
0: Oh okay. uh, uh, that's gonna stop at some point. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. Has a, he has a thing called an alcohol problem, Joe. <laughs> Just a little I, bit. Uh, Not alcoholism, just a problem. Problem. I agree. Yeah, Yeah. I'm a problem drinker. I always say I'm not an alcoholic until I start drinking. And then when I start drinking, I just drink all the beers. I can go days and days and days without drinking. And then just see. Speaking of drunk, Jeff is drunk because he likes this whole queen thing. He loves everything about. England and what they're going through. And he's just sitting there like my, my lady friend w- watching the, what's the newspaper, the, the, uh, the news and daily or whatever over in England and reading all the, the latest the daily mail, the daily mail. Yeah. He, Jeff reads the that's daily different. Mail.
1: The, the one that Mike subscribes to is different. What, what's that? <laughs> the Daily know. mail yeah i don't know <laughs> <laughs> ah,
0: ah, that was a guy i just thought it was
1: interesting that uh, they're they're getting ready for her funeral and the line to get in is already they said two miles so i'm assuming they they did the math to get it from kilometers to miles but uh two miles of humans and i thought about that for a minute that's a lot of people in line how many go,
0: does this place hold
1: well, they're not all going Where to be is, in there at the same time. They're going to go through. They're going to give oh, their. Oh, so this for the wake? Yeah, this is for the way yeah, yeah, yeah. She'll be laying in oh. state, I'm sure, somewhere. And, oh, so uh, it's not
0: the funeral. It's the way. I'm about to say that if it's in a, it's not going to be. They're not going to have the queen at the uh, at the what at the Wembley Stadium or something like that. The funeral, like it's Prince's or Michael J- Jackson's funeral, it's going to be in a real Roman Catholic church or whatever. they I don't even know what the religion is. What
1: Episcopalian. is? Episcopalian. Sure, sounds right. I think.
0: Is it Hindu? Hindu? Yeah, yes. I think it is Hindu. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, they're definitely Hindu. You go back um, far enough
1: with their family, it's probably Russian Orthodox because uh, they're all Russian.
0: What are we rushing? We're not in a hurry. Hey-o. Hey-o. Uh, hey,
1: yeah, the royal the royal family. They're all German, though, I think is what it is. I think they're German.
0: Well, OK. The fact that because that was the thing when you're saying it was funeral, I didn't know it was the wake. So they wanted to walk by. Is it going to be open cast? Are people going to be taking selfies? She be lay- the the She's going to be
1: laying in state. I doubt they're going to let them take pictures. They'll be taking her. selfies. Someone's you know, going to take a someone selfie will probably get with away with it and then they'll Absolutely. be on the list.
0: Absolutely. Who cares what list, but when you talked about the line of two miles long, I always think about, have you ever seen those, especially Doug in South Boston, when you see on like Sunday fun days and there's just lines of a hundred people outside of stats or Lincoln and you're just like, you're never getting in there. Why are you the harp outside of the harp for a bills game? Cause it's a bills bar. There's a line of like 50 people. It's the first quarter You're not getting in there and they'll still just stay in the have. I, I don't think any of us are club people. What's other than rides at like Disney World or Six Flags? What's a line that you would stay in and be like, I'm not getting out of this line?
3: Oh man, Uh, no. I mean, when I was young back in the day, I mean, uh, I'm I'm a little older than you. I don't know how old you are, Jeffrey, but you have 98 years old. You used to have to wait in line to get concert tickets or. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm old enough to
1: remember that.
3: I have a story of that. Yeah, yeah. So that would be the only lines I would have waited in back in the day, but. Uh, I'm not a line waiter. I don't like rides like that where you have to wait in line forever. When you bring kids to Disney, you're kind of forced to. But uh, for my own, never. No, I'm not a line. I can't. I'm not. A what line was
0: waiter. the what was the longest you waited? What's your concert story, Doug? I got I got a, a getting tickets to something story. Let's all tell us our, our craziest getting tickets story. Uh,
3: I mean, we, I would just used to go to strawberries. Remember strawberries back? Yep. in the day? They would always have tickets. Uh, you just show up early. I guess the only, there was one time where I went. Um, just with friends. I didn't. I obviously wasn't a Pats fan, but they were they just made the playoffs. I was in high school and if you showed up they were giving out like tickets to the game. Uh, like if you showed up to the ticket box, they were giving up so many tickets. And so I like skipped school and le- left at like 2 in the morning and got there and we showed up and it was so many people there. So many people there that like fights started breaking out. Like, you know how like the whole mass is, you, you see a wave of people push into the fence and then push back yeah. and push into the fence and push back. And you're in this, you're like, I, this is a big mistake. This is not worth <laughs> right Um
0: But that, that was, and fun. you had to pay for the tickets or they're giving them away.
3: No, you had to pay for them, but that was yeah. back. They, you know, it was when the Patriots sucked and they, they were season tickets. The whole, there wasn't, a there was no season ticket. tickets. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You could still, you could buy a season a day if you wanted like that. Back when they sucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: What about you, Jeff? What was the craziest?
1: Well, I I never... I waited in line for a few hours for Black Crow's tickets when I was, I think, a senior in high school. But my craziest ticket story is my dad was really cool about buying me tickets. My dad was a bouncer at a venue when he was a kid and like saw all of the bands that everybody would want to see back in those days. And that turned him into a dad who was cool enough to buy me tickets to see stuff. Like I saw Rush, ACDC, Billy Idol. I saw so many of these shows. My dad would just go give me a ticket and send me off on my way to go see these shows. But I really wanted to see Queen. And uh, they were coming to Orlando and my dad said he would get me a ticket. Was and, this Freddie Mercury Queen? Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: And, what year is uh, this?
1: Well, it had to be in the early 90s. I mean, when did he pass away? It was, uh, it was in the 90s. Maybe was late it? 80s. Maybe late 80s. I mean, he started, he started it, by dropping me off to go see shows. It, it was in the, it was in the, the ni- early 90s. How old were you? 15, 16. But anyway, my dad said I didn't get over there in time and the show sold out, but I'll get you tickets for the next one. And then he died. Yeah, there was no next. One. <laughs> the next one, ninety-one. The Freddy next, the ne- yeah, the next one was Adam Lambert. So I was, si- I was sixteen years old. I mean, he died <laughs> shortly after that tour.
3: A lot of, que- <sighs> a lot of Queen death on this podcast. I know. Yeah, lots I'm- of stuff
1: about Queen. Jeez, yeah.
0: my craziest story was Springfield Civic Center. I was a freshman in college, and uh, Monday Night Raw was coming to the Springfield Civic Center, and me, and my friends, were like, "We are getting front row." We are staying. We're going to be on TV the entire time. We're getting front row cameras. And we got to the Springfield Civic Center. Say they went on sale at 10 o'clock in the morning the next day. We got there at 7 at night. And we had cars. We had a car. But we also were standing. We literally slept in front of the Springfield Civic Center, which at the time and still maybe the most dangerous city on the East Coast per capita, like you just get you just get shot in Springfield, Massachusetts all the time. But we waited just to correct you.
1: It's Camden, New Jersey.
0: Camden, New Jersey, then Springfield's number two. Um, and and that is that BS, Jeff Taylor. There, that's no. Actually, I think it's Camden, like, New
1: Jersey, then East St. Louis, Illinois.
0: I said and, East Coast. I said East Coast. Oh, right, then Camden, East New Coast. Jersey um and we waited there and i mean i don't even it was so long ago i don't n- nothing like weird happened but then by the time we get there there's like a billion people to get the tickets and there's like 30 there's like 30 windows so the fact that we we're the first in line. It didn't matter because if the person like goes, okay, what do you want? Or something happens with the credit card. We're now not the first person anymore. We're like the 45th person, you know? So it's like the fact that we, but we ended up getting four seats we bought eight total. We got four seats right on camera, and it was one of the greatest things I've ever been what to. What show in my life. was, it was this? Night I missed Road. it. Oh, oh, Monday Night, Night Raw. Yeah, yeah, all right. And it was, the Rock was there. It was. It was the Chris Benoit was there, not killing his family. It was awesome. It was awesome. It was really, really. Uh, it was, and that, I missed that stuff. And now you can't get tickets to anything because I remember when the U.S. Open. Was Money. in Boston. I just well, had this
1: conversation last night. You can get tickets. What sucks no, now? But, what sucks now is that ticket brokers buy up all of the tickets, yeah. so you have to go to StubHub. But I've learned to play the patience game when it comes to StubHub, and my wife hates when I talk about this because we went to see the Capitals and the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning in the first game of the season years and years ago. And I was driving to Tampa, looking at my cell phone on StubHub, waiting for the ticket prices to get to something that I would accept. And they sold out on StubHub. So I had to scalp tickets. And we literally sat with our back against a concrete wall in the upper deck, the worst seats I've ever had in my entire life. And she holds that over my head. But if you stay on StubHub and you're willing to wait until the very last minute, you can get tickets for half as much as you would pay at the at the uh ticket at the box office.
0: I do stuff like that, but then there's still like Bolger and I went to the Celtics Bucks game and we couldn't pay three hundred paid three hundred dollars a ticket to sit up at the three hundreds for game seven against the Bucks. It was great. How far ahead like,
1: of time did you buy those tickets? Uh the day of the game, like an hour day? before the game. Oh really? You should have waited yeah, until thirty yeah, yeah. minutes before.
0: Yeah, what whatever. So then it would have gone down to two hundred dollars. But I was I was playing that game. I would be sitting at Sullivan's tap. Playing the playing the game and seeing how long I do that all the time, but it's just the fact that if you really wanted to go to it, I remember going to Red Sox playoff game. Same thing, my buddy was at BU. Me and Chris Rainville, we waited in line to get tickets to the Indians uh, uh, Red Sox playoff game. And in but their face value, like you can't unless the Red Sox. Now I go to games for like ten bucks because the Red Sox suck, so it doesn't even matter. But actual real games, like I want the opportunity to be able to get them for face value. I, get, I guess I'm just
3: old. I got a trick for you guys. It's me and uh <laughs> Bulger's getting a lot of play. Yeah, Bulger's getting a lot of play. You should be here today. Jeez. But um so whenever there's a concert at Fenway, or maybe anywhere, but this we did this one night, you wait, you're outside, you can hear them, you wait till they play a song or two, and you go around and you find a scalpers that are just kind of hanging around, ming around, talk to each other, and they have tickets on them and they'll sell them to you cheap. If the concert yeah. already started And so I did that. We saw um, Pearl jam for
0: like half price. Nice. I snuck in for the first, I went to Aerosmith last week, but I the first one years ago. I snuck into at Fenway because Jay Giles band was playing. And then, um, and, when they were done, everyone went out to Lansdowne Street there or whatever, Jersey Street or Yaki Way, whatever it is, where you can still go out. And everyone started smoking cigarettes and all the ushers and the ticket takers went to go tell people that they couldn't smoke, even though they're outside. So no one was there. And there was those little police metal barriers. And this kid was leaning up against it. And I just kind of gave the kid like a head nod. To like move and he and he act, bent down, act like he was tying his shoe, and I just opened up the police thing and I walked right
1: in. You Used to be able to do that at magic games with the smoking section. Yeah, yeah, you could just jump Wait, over you, the things.
3: Mike, you did that at the Capitol, right? That one day, <laughs> he did. <Yeah. laughs> he, he still has his buffalo hat. <laughs> I knew that story sounded familiar. That's why we don't do. That's why we don't
1: do video of this podcast. He's wanted. <laughs>
0: that was so okay so that's a ridiculous thing it's awful whatever but that is one of the ultimate i would love to have just been there to witness that
1: debauch. i think there's it, a lot I of think it was i think it was crazy i don't think i would I, I didn't want to be anywhere near any of that
0: i don't know i love Lard. even if it's even if it's my life's in danger or whatever not that i would have run into the Capitol with all these lunatics but just to sit back and watch like when Doug's a little bit older than me, but like when those UMass riots, when, when the Patriots would win or the Red Sox won, you just stand back about a hundred feet, like where the police horses are. And you're just sitting there with the police watching some guy jump feet first off the uh, cafeteria and breaking both his legs and people lighting stuff on fire. Like, this is amazing. This is just I, I, you just can't not look away. You got to watch it from a distance. But yeah, when, when that ha- when the Patriots won and the UMass riots happened, my dad was like, you weren't a part of that, were you? I was like, of course not. I wasn't. Is I wasn't this when they beat the Rams? That. When they beat the Rams. Yeah, that's the last time
1: look, Patriots fans rioted, right? After that, it just turned into like, oh, we won another one. I, I no, fell asleep No, no, people
0: still, no, you know,
3: UMass, you, you just find excuses to get drunk. And I was at fire. UMass for that game, by the way. Where, yeah, I was too. I was in Puffton for but that I, game. I was yeah. I was down the street near the uh down at, uh the soccer house, the White House down near down near Puffton, really.
0: Yeah, but we went down to we went once they won. We went to Southwest to just watch all the debauchery. We, we didn't. Oh, go. we did, and that yeah. was the guy jumped off the cafeteria. But so all this. It. All this crap has happened and people are lighting Trash cans on fire and Rolling them down the hills and it was just Insanity and then my dad was Just like you weren't you weren't a part of Lighting things on fire I was just like no Of course not why I would never do that And I was still off a little bit, but the front page of the Daily Hampshire Gazette was all my friends surrounding a fire, two with their shirts off and me with my arms up behind it. And then he just threw the paper down. He's like, so you weren't part of this? I was like, no, as you can see, I am I am slightly off away from where everything is lit on fire. I did not light anything on fire. Literally me and my group of friends are on the front page of the Daily Hampshire Gazette. I'm like, great. All right. Yeah, you're busted busted kid well i want to thank everyone today this is a great i uh, had a lot of fun talking with the, the great doug Gurton. jeff taylor is always down in celebration florida want to thank dan Helly, of course of everything ufc nfl i don't know, i think he's gonna do the 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 beanbag he needs uh, one of
1: those scrolls that they used to use back in the back in the day to give you all of his credits the guy's of his doing everything credits
0: no crap yeah he's gonna what's the what, what's the the game where you throw the beanbags in the hole why can't I think Cornhole? Cornhole he's going to do the cornhole on ESPN2 probably soon too but I want to thank Dan Halley that was really great talking to Dan and catching up and want to thank obviously everyone for listening to the Michael O'Brien show make sure you like make sure you subscribe make sure you tell your friends we're going to make this blow up so Doug Jeff and I don't have to do real jobs and that would be great. And don't have to rely on our kids being hopefully good field goal kickers or long snappers to support us. That would be a great thing. So thank you for listening to Michael Bryan show. Have a great day. We love you all equally. Ta-ta for now.